Champions Day, Flemington, after a huge Melbourne Cup day. And I'm joined by Blake. How are you, my yeah. friend? Um, I'm run down. It's been a massive, massive week. <laughs> we had Oaks Day Thursday. In, uh, She's Extreme was was great there. Um, Cup Day Tuesday, obviously. Everyone knows that. No one's uh, got their head buried in the sand, I don't think. And then Saturday prior was uh, Derby Day, so... It's just been go, 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 go. Um, it, I was almost thankful that Hong Kong got washed out on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. You told me there was a tropical cyclone or something along those lines. Correct. Correct. How does that um, form and why on Happy Valley? <laughs> yeah, I, the, I don't know. It's really weird. Like some, It's dry every single race meeting and then one every 50, there's like a cyclone and they have to cancel the whole thing. It makes no sense. There's no, there's no like slight rain. It's it's either cancelled or it's on, and completely dry. So I don't ask. I just do the form. <laughs> you don't ask. You just do. Well, funny you say doing the form. Shartin's on Sunday this week. Yeah, as far as I know. Yep. As long as it goes ahead, I guess. Um, I'm sure there's no protesters over there throwing oil all over the track. <laughs> but uh, we'll probably get into that later. But um. Yes, Blake is doing his Hong Kong tips once again. You can find them on cginsight.com.au. Go underneath the Hong Kong racing and pick yourself out a nice package because we have plenty of winners. Blake's in hot form and uh, looking to keep the good times rolling. All right, before we head into this week, uh, this week's episode, we're going to go back to last week, do a little review. As Blake already mentioned, a lot of races we got to cover. Um, First of all, we'll cover Saturday. And we'll go to Rose Hill. The $10 million Golden Eagle was won by I Wish I Win. Fangirl running second and third place was, who was it? Who ran third? Can't remember. Can you remember? Uh, uh, it was, uh, no, it wasn't Hope in Your Heart. It ran Hope fourth. Run fourth. Uh, Gypsy Goddess. Gypsy Goddess. That's the one. I had a top four same race multi. I Wish I Win, Fangirl and Hinged to run top four. Paying fifty dollars $200 on to win 10K. Would have bought myself a new car. Um, yeah, run fifth. Open your heart. Should have had that horse, Blake, because you've been following it, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, I I honestly, I can't even remember if I... I have a feeling I did mention on the last podcast. Um, not that it matters now. If anyone was listening to it and put it in a same race multi for top four, then you're rich now anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, it's neither here nor there now, but um, yeah, I I didn't do that, so um, I'm still waiting for that big win. But yeah, it was a good run by the horse, to be fair, and she has really just taken off this prep. Uh, shout out to the brethren. I feel like I'm always shouting out the brethren in this podcast, but he just, I don't know, he has a way with some of these these horses. He can pick them out. He picked out Mr. Brightside. He's had an opinion of Hope in Your Heart since she was a three-year-old, and um, it took her a while, but she's finally starting to put the runs on the board, uh, and she's won some pretty good 
quality races and now run fourth in a Golden Eagle. So keep an eye up. Beautiful. All right, we're heading now down to Melbourne. We had three races there. Derby, knockout, man's voice, Chris Waller, Michael D, beat home sharp and smart. What did you make of the beating beaten brigade? A few favourites went down there. Yeah, correct. Uh, it. I mean, look, a little bit surprising at the time, but in hindsight, like you, you just never really know with, I mean, it was it was a very similar story in the cup, which we'll get into later. But you just never really know with any of the horses how they're going to go getting up to such a such a long trip when they've never done it before. So that's often what can happen. Sometimes they get it right, and they and you know the, the market predicts which horses will handle the, the step up to the big trips, but sometimes they don't. And in this case, Manzois was the one that just handled the step up in trip better than anything else and uh sharp and smart was game in defeat i thought that he would have that race one pretty much uh coming into the straight when he hit the front but just hit the front too early and manzo's got him that's what happened uh coolmore stud stakes down the 1200 at flemington in secret dominant winner of this race really stretched away late there to win with Mac on board love the post-race celebrations there from jimmy mcdonald mm-hmm. Um, and James Cummings came out post-race and said this might be his Everest 2023 horse. I'm sort of scratching my head why it wasn't his 2022 horse. <laughs> yeah, same. She how, how good is she? Like, seriously, her form is just impeccable, really, when you go through it. Well, if you go She's... and look at her Golden Rose run and you just, just say they kept her as a quote-unquote 1,200-meter sprinter, she was in front by a length or two at the 1,200. You know, yeah. she she had them easily beaten. And if it wasn't for a phenomenal run by Jackano, she easily beat the third horse. Like, she's absolutely phenomenal, this horse. Mm. It's kind of scary. Dry tracks. But, yeah, I don't, it's, it's just, it's crazy, honestly. The Godolphin, Godolphin just have these horses coming through, like, every every five minutes, I feel like. Like, obviously, they got Animo now, and now In Secret's just the next, the next one doing the same thing by the looks. Like, she's just dominating well the good thing with in secret is that form one around jack and o and him going well enough in the everest and he ran fifth in the everest she's a mm. mare uh philly so she'll we'll get to see her as a as a four-year-old mare and she might be one where we get to watch for a couple of years and, and really mm. um barrack for really and have like that next top quality sprinter um but anyway we'll move now to empire rose empire. bloody ice bath Ice bath, ice bath, ice bath. Oh, no praise like self praise. Told you, she comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Told you, comes out of nowhere. No praise like self praise. Oh, ice bath. I got to admit, yeah, I don't know. I it's a, Craig, Craig Williams came... putting something in his tea. I reckon. Oh, <laughs> I got to admit, once the money started coming for the Kiwi horse, I was seeing shit. That 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 um form line over there must must really stack up here. And I had a little bit more on the Kiwi horse than I should have had. Compared to Ice Bath, mm. but uh, still mm. escapes with, mm. with a winner. But um, what did you make of that race? Any un- unlucky runners in the race? Um, I just didn't sort of get. I mean, yeah, I don't know. There was so much money for the favorite, and then uh, she just didn't seem to do it well enough. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I thought the form from New Zealand was strong enough, and when the money started coming, I thought, here we go. Yeah, she's. She's going to win this comfortably, and then um, she didn't. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, Craig Williams putting something in his tea for sure. That 
ice bath after after winning on Bella Nipatina, almost identical story. Like, what the hell's going on, Willow? He's just taken out the big races, Craig Williams, but he didn't take out the Melbourne Cup, which was won by Gold Trip and Mark Zara for Australian bloodstock, Kieran Ma and David Ustis. Gold trip, gold trip, gold trip. Did did you have it in the in the numbers, Blake? Did you have it high in the numbers? Top three, top four. I did. I did. I had it. Uh, I believe it was my fourth number or third number, um, and I, I managed to to have like something on it. Um, it wasn't a massive win like very elegant was last year, but uh, hindsight's a great thing. And looking back, he shouldn't have been allowed to drift out to that price. Just no way at all. Like the fact that gold trip was paying the same prices or similar price to emissary vow and declare after running second in the, uh, Caulfield cup and then flashing, uh, sort of in the back of the field in the Cox plate, like he, he had all the strong form lines. And I, I think single figures is probably a little bit tough to take, uh, confidently, but when he got out to $23, like, you're laughing at that point with with those form lines. So, yeah. Yes, interesting Melbourne Cup. I I personally even even looking back at the race, I probably couldn't have found him. I didn't I didn't find him initially. Um, and the horses that run second and third, I I couldn't have found them <laughs> with a ten foot pole. To be completely honest <laughs> with you, and I, I look back at it, I'm thinking high emotion coming out of a Bendigo Cup, a seven horse field where it beat home Port Phillip, who's been going through the grades, admittedly. So, but realistically, no more than a benchmark 90 horse, probably. Um, that was just one of those cups. One of those cups where every favoured runner was just that far back in the field on a day where it, I wouldn't say it was hard to make up ground, but it just, they just never got into the race. I don't know. I, all, I, if I'm being honest, all I did was find myself watching horses run last and win the race. So, <laughs> that's just, that's <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I thought about it a long. I thought about it a lot, um, and this would be something to sort of keep an eye on for next year and going forward in Melbourne Cups. But Gold Trip did come from pretty much last or sort of third last, three wide ish position, and was top weight. And then, you know, like I said, you, you you could definitely make a strong case for him on form. Like he's run second in the Caulfield Cup, and pretty much won the race. He just got run down by a horse who was obviously on that day just just switched on or whatever and stormed from the back but you take out durst and he he's he's won a caulfield cup and he's coming into a melbourne cup now as a 23 dollar chance that's ridiculous for mine and the, the cox plate run he shouldn't have lost sort of any respect from that run it was just the top weight thing i think that maybe steered a few people clear of looking into him too much but he obviously handled the step up in trip and then uh the second and third horses i think it just comes down to the the light weights and having lightweight in a 3,200 meter race in a Melbourne cup has been something that's, you know, it's, it's probably been over considered in past Melbourne cups where people are looking so much at the horses with the lightweights, but um, obviously these horses just managed to, you know, scrape through that uh, sort of consideration. Obviously they, they didn't come out of the strongest form lines, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it, you just have to put it down to one of the only factors that, is there in front of you staring at the face, which is the lightweight. So that's what I'm putting it down to. All right, let's get now into our flashing light runners of the week, host by our great man, Kanye. 
Kanye, thank you very much once again. We love your music on the Campbell's Campbell's podcast. Blake, flashing light runner of the week. Take it away, big fella. Um, I don't really know where to go with this, so I'm going to throw it back to you, JC. Um, I thought most of the tracks played pretty fairly and still having a look, so over to you. There's only one for me, Blake. There's only one for me, and it will. I think it is a uh, a punter's favourite by some way, shape, or form, just purely based on the name, and that is Democracy Manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, gets off my okay. I can't say what he actually said, but anyway, um, not on the podcast at least. I have to click the bloody um explicit um box, but anyway, Democracy Manifest comes out of Rose Hill Race Ten. On Saturday, where he flashed home, um, pretty much had the flashing red light on him. Um, Cody Hill just pretty much got away with murder in that race. They went, what's that? Oof, oof, oof. 6.8 lengths slower than standard to the 600 metres, which certainly didn't help Democracy Manifest, considering he was last at the 600. Um, He flashed home, ran second, beaten two lengths, run home in the fastest last 400 and 200 of the race in the entire meeting. Um, I think this horse in similar grade next time out, benchmark 78, Randwick, 1,400 roughly on a good track. Very, very hard to beat. Very hard to beat. As long as Hugh Bowman can get his chopsticks ready in time when the whips <laughs> are cracking, when the chopsticks are cracking, um, I think um, Democracy Manifest will prove hard to beat next Dig time into out. into those succulent Chinese meals. <laughs> oh, I've, I've had a few I, of them uh... thanks to this horse. I've had a few of them. <laughs> yeah, same. Um I've I've got one yesterday, uh, so we're recording this on Friday, and it'll probably be up today. So yesterday, uh, Thursday, Oaks Day, race four at Flemington, a horse by the name of See You in Heaven would have won the race. I'm I am ninety five percent confident would have won the race uh, with clear running. Was back in the field. Craig Williams did uh, had one of his typical uh, rides where he just. Willow decision after decision. <laughs> yeah, the horse was definitely willowed there, but um, I won't hang around on that topic too much. But yeah, no, I I think see you in heaven's one to follow. Finally got a drier track. Um, the track was upgraded to a good track uh, on Oaks Day for anyone who didn't watch yesterday at Flemington, and she obviously appreciated that. But um, yeah, I I liked. I like the run, and she would have she would have won, and then H two O ran second to her as well, uh, back in South Australia, and H two O won under J Mac at big odds in the last. So there's a nice little formula to tie in there as well. Yeah, very uh, that last race of the day, wow, James McDonald on a twenty one to one shot pickup ride. Yeah, yeah I wasn't let, I wasn't letting that go around at twenty three bucks with Jamie. Had Blake Small as right now. He uh had a smidget on by the looks of it, and and by his uh recent private Instagram post. Oh, <laughs> all right, Blake Slakos. Let's get into Flemington, my friend. Leg four, final leg of a wonderful carnival once again, and we've got three champion races to cover, all at Group One level. And the first of those is Race Six, the Group One champion sprint over the twelve hundred meters. And gee, we've got such a nice race here. Can make a case for plenty of horses in this in this race. But the world's greatest sprinter, or the world's rated greatest sprinter, Nature Strip, is currently a dollar ninety with most bookmakers. Now into the tomato sauce, Bella Nipotina is coming off a f- 
phenomenal win in the Ladbrokes Manicado. Um, and she's six dollars, and also Giga Kick coming off a off a good win in the Everest uh, as well. So mm-hmm. you've got three horses there coming off either phenomenal wins or phenomenal runs all in the market. Who are you sided with here? There's only one horse you can side with here. Um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Nature Strip is the best horse in the best sprinter in the world by ratings and just by pure ability. He lost none of my respect running fourth in that Everest. Like he, any other horse would have run dead last with the run he had Um, down the straight. He won't get those issues. No horse can take him on down the straight because he'll just cruise and do his own thing. And, you know, he'll have clear air the whole way and, J-Mac won't touch him. He'll win by a five. That's, you've heard it. It's done. Here he is. kicks unders. Don't go near it. Nature Strip's going to win. Is that, that's all we have to talk about in this race, do we? Is that, that's, I won't, I won't yeah. even throw back to you. That's all right. All right, sweet. So I'm in the same camp as Blake. This is, in my opinion, the bed of the carnival, if not the bed of the spring, Nature Strip. Um, barrier 12, lovely can just stay out wide, do his own thing in the best part of the track. Nothing can take him on, as Blake said. If something was to take him on, J-Mac can just literally let him be in his own rhythm. Who cares? Let him lead. Let him lead. And as Blake said, anything in that Everest, judging from what he did, would have run close to last. And that's what Joyful Fortune and Eduardo have done. And they've both come out. Uh, sorry, well, not Eduardo. He's gone, in my opinion. He should be retired. <laughs> but Joyful Fortune came out and won very impressively yesterday in a listed race down the Flemington Straight. I think Nature Strip will do the exact same thing here. Couldn't agree anymore with Blake. Kick a kick um, under the odds, in my opinion. Went around $21 in that race, whereas Nature Strip was odds on and, and you're getting $5 in odds on now. So, um, yeah, I think Nature Strip will start a heavily supported favourite, probably $1.60, $1.70, mm-hmm. roughly. He's starting to go that way now. The two twenty on offer at the start of the week was ridiculous. Um yeah. Horses for value, I'd honestly have to say Bella Nipitina off that run. Like, it was just so good um, that she has to run a good race again here, in my opinion. She probably goes around very short in the in this race, purely off off that run. Um, but I think she runs second here to Nature Strip. And, and I think Giga Kick, um, you can't necessarily not have them in your top four, but there's no way in hell I'm taking $5. So... Yeah, no chance. Anything at odds, Blake, that could run a drum, by the way? My rough is the astrologist. Um, he's a level below that some of these horses, just plain and simple, but he's a straight track professional. So, you know, there are a couple of horses here who aren't straight track professionals like he is. Uh, Nature Strip obviously is, and Giga Kicks handled the straight previously. But at $81 with the record that he's got over this trip, uh, it's very hard to say no. Nash is Nash is for cash. He's, he's riding well, so he he's definitely the roughie of the field for one. Lovely. All right, let's now go to race seven, the VRC Kennedy Champions Mile over the sixteen hundred meters at Group One level. Get to see Private Eye once again on the quick backup from Sydney. Won the what race did he win? The the Nature Strip Stakes, the the race that changes due to the winner of the Everest the previous year. So that'll be called the Giga Kick Stakes next year. Uh, he's two dollars ninety with any of our friends that haven't sponsored us this year. My O'Bron falls <laughs> forty. Um, impressive first up winner from the UK and Cascadian looking to make it three on the trot with James McDonald on the board five dollars fifty. Blake speed map in this race. What goes forward here? Tempo fast, slow, medium. Mm, tempo probably 
slower side of even. I don't think they'll crawl, but two blue alligator blood are pretty much the only two horses that uh, will be sort of contesting the lead there. I wouldn't expect them to chop at each other too much. Um, one will sit outside the other or or whatever happens there, but behind that will be Mr. Brightside, Colding, Dallasan from good draws. Um, apart from that, not too much speed. Yep, have to agree with you. I think the one horse in this race that could possibly settle a little bit uh, closer is Mr. Brightside. I think now back to down to 1,600 metres. Um, I'm with Cascadian here and purely off the fact that uh, no pot on private eye, but the one thing I am concerned about, despite this being his target race, despite him being phenomenal over the 1,600 metres and many people believe in he is a mile horse, there's still a bit of a question mark in my head, 1,300 metres down to Sydney on the, uh, down to Melbourne on the float up to 1,600 metres um, in a race where I think there'll be, they won't, necessarily walk i think they'll be as blake said i i'm probably expecting five out of ten tempo i think blake's probably expecting four out of ten by the sounds of it um but i i just i'm just a little bit weary of that i don't necessarily like touching horses up in distance when they're going up more than 200 meters in intervals i've always sort of stuck by that um and i don't mind touching horses down in distance and that's what cascadian is here he brings different form lines into this race from Sydney and definitely inferior form lines to private eye, but he does get James McDonald on board. You are getting almost double the price now um, with him drifting in the market. He hasn't won at Flemington yet. However, if he was ever going to win a race at Flemington, um, it would be now, not necessarily in this type of race, but he's just absolutely airborne this horse. His last two runs have been phenomenal. Um, and I've always seen him as a miler, to be honest with you. Like he's, he's only two group one wins have been, at 1,400 metres and at 1,600 metres. So um, I was very surprised when he went up to the 2,000 metres and he actually s smashed Numeria and Montefiore, who were both, um, I guess, to some degree, fancy in the Melbourne Cup. So I'm with Cascadian, and I just want to make a small mention for a horse I've never really been a fan of, but I think Mr. Brightside here is, to some degree, being forgotten about. And I think that's purely based on his last couple of runs where he's been okay, Um in much harder races than this um, against Animo and I'm Thunderstruck at unsuitable distance, in my opinion. I don't think he's ever been a 2,000-meter horse. I think he's more of a, a miler. So Mr. Brightside maps well, um, probably one to run top three, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can entertain uh, Cascadian a little bit. The reason I am with Private Eye here, like you said, Jason, he's got the best form. He's the best horse in the race on form, having run second in the Everest. Um, and, you know, we're both kicking up heavily for an age strip down the straight. Before that, he bolted in down the straight. And he's come out on one since in the age strip stakes, romped in. I am one of those people that believes this horse is better over the mile. And the fact that he's run so well over 1,200 and 1,300 metres is just testament to the fact or my opinion that he has come back the best he ever has this preparation. Uh, last prep, he was emphatic as well. He, he should have beat Alligator Blood in Queensland uh, and was desperately, desperately unlucky not to there. Um, so that ties in nicely here where um, he actually meets Alligator Blood two kilos better. They both go to... 59 kilos where alligator blood had uh, two kilos less in Queensland. That was over 1400 meters. 
He stormed home in that run. The dry track um, is going to be right up Private Eyes Alley. He's drawn well. I just, I really wanted to find something uh, that was at a bit of value to beat him, but I can't because, like I said, the 1,200, 1,300 runs now up to the mile where I think he is better, provided he's not sort of shot from those early runs, which I don't think he is because, like Jason said, this has been his target uh, target race and the mile is his best trip. That's the only thing that I think can beat him, really. Um I think he's just simply better than these horses. And if he gets bad luck, then fair enough, something might beat him. But I thought Cascadian didn't really present too much value. Maybe if he was closer to double figures, he'd be interesting to uh, to play around. But at $5.50 versus almost $3 for Private Eye, I think Private Eye is the bet here. Uh, Mr. Brightside, same sort of thing. $10 is probably around his right price. I'm I'm not too interested in in declaring him overs there. Um, and further down the page, I just don't think many of those horses are good enough to beat Private Eye, plain and simple. So, provided all goes well, I think Private Eye just wins. Lovely. All right, let's get into race eight, the VRC champion stakes over the 2,000 metres, group one level. Get to see the big boys, um, pretty much like a mini Cox Blake to some degree with a few of these horses backing up out of it. Animo looking to go five group one wait for age races in a row, which would be some feat. Um, currently dollar ninety five with most outlets around that even money. You might be able to find somewhere. Uh, Barrier four, James McDonald in the saddle. I'm thunderstruck. Um, I'm thunderstruck. Looks, um, looks like he's probably going to start a little bit shorter the way the market's trending, and he's looking to pretty much turn the tables on Animo after two very small defeats to him. Do you see that happening, Bike? I think it can happen. Um, I. I don't know whether I'd entertain him now at such a short quote to to do that. I think Animo is still the better horse. Uh, and the fact that I'm Thunderstruck has flashed home so many times behind Animo and just in a lot of his runs in general, it might look to the eye as though he's unlucky, but that's not going to change this time. He's going to get back again. He's going to require luck again. So you'd be much more confident taking or you'd feel a much much more comfortable taking a bigger price knowing, you know, if he gets unlucky, I've got a big price, it was worth it. Whereas when you're taking him as almost, well, he's a second favourite now and he is sort of the price of most favourites in races, it's sort of a bit, bit more of a risk on your mind when you're taking that that sort of price. Um, like I said, I think Animo's still the better horse and he's going to make his own luck and he's going to be much closer to the speed. So... I think something has to go wrong for Animo unless I'm Thunderstruck gets just a massive saloon passage right up the middle of the field and doesn't have to go around too many horses, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm still in Animo's camp uh, between those two. Yeah, well, I don't mean to say this. I, I have tipped Animo here and I, I am on him um, in the in what we'll find out later. But a lot of his wins is preparation. He, he wins the races, but... This might sound really silly, but he hasn't been brilliant in a lot of them. That sounds really bad when I put it like that, but right. it's hard to explain. But the ride and his tactical speed has pretty much won him every single race, his preparation. There's always been a horse. First up, Fangirl, like statistically, uh, sorry, st- uh, sectionally, well better than him. If she 
was if she drew better, she would have won the race. Simple as that. Or if she got closer in running. Um, the George Main Stakes, Ice Bath, off the charts. Absolutely off the charge. Might and Power, I'm Thunderstruck. Cox Plate, I'm Thunderstruck. He's just one of those horses that can... The reason why he's so great is he, is he can burn the candle at both ends. And from barrier four, he's got to get into pretty much the exact same spot as he has been for all those wins. And he's just got to keep finding to the line. And he just, just can't really bet against him, in my opinion, unless, like what Blake said, if you're getting like $10 about on Thunderstruck and like, you know, $2.50 a place, and fair enough, you can have like a good one by three go at him. But you can't really have any go at the place. You know, he's like, what, $1.40 probably a place? You can't really have much mm-hmm. of a go at that. Um, mm. just don't see really what beats Animo. Um, Blake's probably got to make a case for one next. Um, which I'm gonna uh, try. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Try. I can. I don't know necessarily know I can see it happening, but I like the way I like your take. I'm being completely honest. Mm. So mm. you can take the stage, but I'm with Animo. Okay. Um. Here we go. Elliptical. Animo was heavily backed and heavily supported in a Cox plate last year as a three-year-old taking on the older horses down in the weights. Um, you know, with that sort of, with that sort of storyline elliptical here is obviously not coming into this race with the same sort of hype and support as Animo was in a Cox plate last year as a three-year-old, but the strength of the form out of elliptical's last race from Sydney, Sharp and Smart and Man's Always run the Quinella in the Derby. She's Extremes now come out on one and Oaks. Prior to that, he runs second to Golden Mile, who's gone on to win again and form ties in with In, in Secret, who's, like Jason and I said, sort of, you know, becoming the next... I don't want to say she's becoming the next Animo, but for Godolphin, she's representing that sort of style. Like, she's just winning everything and, and almost unbeatable at this point. The strength of the form for elliptical with 51 kilos in this race is very, very, it's very strong. So, you know, I'm not going to say, yep, you know, he's, he's going to beat Animo, but, you know, at that sort of price, exactly what sort of comes back to what I was saying about I'm Thunderstruck and Jason uh, touched on it as well. You don't want to take such a short price for I'm Thunderstruck to, to beat Animo because it's just not worth it. Whereas Elliptical is sort of the price that you you might be entertained um, or you might be able to entertain, um, you know, even if Elliptical runs second or third to Animo, which I can see happening. If if Elliptical gets close enough uh, to, the, to the front early and doesn't have to work too hard, which I don't think he will, and Craig Williams gives, you know, as long as he doesn't willow the horse, which <laughs> that's always a risky take, but 51 kilos, he can, he can be in this a long way drawing track. I think he'll prefer. Um, yeah. that That's as good of a, good as a case as I can make pretty much for any horse in the race. Um, honestly, because Animo, as far as I'm concerned, has, um, Thunderstruck, Zaki, Mawunga, et cetera, covered, um, especially the latter two I'm thunderstruck is obviously the, the biggest danger out of those, but you still need a horse to run third. Um, and I think elliptical can potentially beat some of those horses home, particularly, you know, with his, with his style of racing up on speed from barrier six and with the lightweight, like I said, so yeah, one, one each way there elliptical. 
Good case made there, Blake. I rate that a lot. All right, hundred dollar group one strategies. Uh, most likely the last um episode of the season, if we haven't already mentioned that. Um, and Blake is sitting on minus five hundred and eighteen dollars and fifty cents. Um, but he could blow out here in the last race. He could really get a, a good result here to f- finish in the green. And I have had quite the season two thousand two hundred and thirty eight dollars fifty cents. Um. Won't happen again, so take a photo of it and remember it. Uh, <laughs> Hang yeah, it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, put it on the wall. Frame it. Um, sprint. The sprint, Blake. Who are you on in the sprint? Uh, well, we don't even, you know, we don't even need to say it really. Nature Strip 100, the world, I think, is the name. Same. Mile. What are you on? <laughs> Private Eye, 100, the win. Cascadian. 100 of the win, head to head there. Stakes, champion stakes. 50 each way, elliptical, interesting one each way, just to have a shot at getting into the green. <laughs> yep. As Blake said, something's got to have to run second or third Dynamo because he's winning 100 of the win. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'll about wrap us up. Uh, best bets, any best bets for the punters last episode of the season? Anything to claw him out of jail after a big four? I. I like a lot of favourites uh, on Saturday, particularly in Sydney. I like the drawing track. I think um, Rose Hill's played very fairly so far. So there are a number here that I'm going to mention. King Frankel is one of those. I honestly can't see him getting beat there. Um, Electric Girl looks pretty good, um, pretty confident with Electric Girl in race seven as well. Um, taunting in the last at, at Flemington, um, going well and looks strong. A tissue in the matriarch is another one. So there's there's quite a few favorites I'm I'm pretty keen on Saturday. So there you go. All right, beautiful. I thought Electric Girl would be very hard to beat in the hot Danish. I think she's got the right form around promise of success. Yeah. And the invitation has to be the right form. Nimalee and Ice Bath have since run very well in a group one Empire Rose. All yeah. right, we don't got much longer left with this recording, only 30 seconds left. So thank you very much again, Blake, for a great season. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And I will see you for season four. Take care, everyone. Cheers, listeners.